Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. What can we do? The 101st episode of the Hudson Talk podcast. I'm Nick Mercer. And uh, before I start today, I'll do the thing with sponsor Head Check Health. Concussion Talk Podcast is presented by Head Check Health. Head Check Health bridges the gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on Head Check Health to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadshakeHealth.com for more. And so thank you to Headshake Health. And please sponsor, not sponsor, but you could sponsor, like, that'd be great. But uh, subscribe, rate, review my podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Amazon, wherever you podcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, and Verbal goes on. Um, anyway, and, uh, and please uh, consider supporting my podcast and my website at, on Patreon. So go to Patreon, patreon.com slash talk. And, uh, and with all that said and done, I'd like to for, introduce my guest, which I'll actually get her to introduce herself, Julie Stan, or should I say Dr. Julie Stan. And uh, she has literally written the book about concussion sports. And uh, so we'll talk about that. And uh, the title of the book is you, the, Your Brain, The Brain on Youth Sports. And uh, frankly, the cover says it all. The brain is like, says, it's called uh, your, The Brain on Youth Sports, The Summit, The Miss, and the Future, which is frankly what, is, what it's all about. So that encapsulates this podcast and this you. And one more thing that I'd like to see before I, I get as Julie to introduce herself and just talk about her grandchildren, grandchildren. But first of all, one note from her website, which is juliestam.com slash book. Uh, it says, her little summary of the book says, no athlete has to sustain hundreds of impacts and repetitive brain trauma in order to gain the benefits of sports. And I think that's basically, that's the whole, whole lesson to this podcast. So First of all, Julie, welcome, and our Dr. Dr. Julie Stan, welcome, and uh, 
please introduce yourself and your your tons of credentials. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk with you. Um, yeah. So I got started in this world as uh, an athletic trainer. So I have a um, I'm a licensed athletic trainer in sports medicine, and uh, I had a, a patient that just didn't get better after a concussion. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he was young, you know, freshman in high school. And, um, it was just so moving to see how that affected his life, uh, beyond just sports, you know, friendships, uh, school, all of that. And that's really what got me interested in this. And then, uh, I was a grad assistant athletic trainer at Boston university for a year and then, uh, joined the, uh, CTE center, the chronic traumatic encephalopathy uh, center out at Boston university, um, where we studied long-term consequences of repetitive impacts. And, uh, so I've done research on CTE on, uh, concussions themselves, concussion education and management. Uh, I've done research on, uh, my, my main area of focus being the long-term consequences of hitting your head, head a lot as a kid. So we you know, studied, you know, what happened in those who are older, uh, based on when they started hitting their head repeatedly and potentially, you know, disrupting that development, which I'm sure we'll talk more about yes. on the podcast. Yeah. So, so, well, oh, yeah. thanks so much. Justin. And you're now, you're now at university of Wisconsin in Madison, right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm at the university of Wisconsin, Madison, and, uh, I also teach anatomy. So I love anatomy and neuroanatomy learning about uh, the body and the brain, and um, and then I also yeah do research here as well. What was your PhD? Your PhD thesis? Uh, my PhD uh, it was in anatomy and neurobiology, and it was about uh, my thesis was on the the age of first exposure to repetitive brain trauma uh-huh. uh, in youth football. Uh-huh. so yeah, you kind of go both on both ends, the youth and CT, which is more associated with older play, older not necessarily players older athletes, older individuals, but uh, mm-hmm. we've seen some, 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 some uh, indications that in, uh, in high, even high school kids or university kids, not sure. And that was, there was a bit of, there was talk of that a few years ago in, uh, in New York, New York state, I believe there's an athlete, there's a college athlete who died and he was in, in his freshman year, I believe. Yeah. And there was, CT. yeah, there was somebody recently. I think who, yeah. Um, yeah, there. I mean, there have been several cases. Um, there was, I know, there was a recent player, I believe, in New York, who just um, passed away after a, a hit on the field in high school. Oh, um, there have yeah. been several cases, um, unfortunately, of, of suicides, both post concussion, yeah, and um, potentially, potentially due to CTE. Although it is, it is really difficult to tell, especially when they're younger, if yeah. it's actually the CTE, if there's enough damage or yet. Because I know that yeah. in Ontario. Province in Canada, I'm in a different province, but uh, the Romans law that passed, which is big, mm-hmm. and that was that's to prevent you know athletes from going back concussed like Bradford, they appreciate because go back on the field, so that's an important role. And that I know that was she died on the field, that was the mm-hmm. 20 year. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say the date because I'm just you know, I can't say for sure, but I'm gonna say 2012, but again, I shouldn't because I don't really know 2014. Anyway, um, but uh, yes, yeah, so well, what you first mostly you aside because how you follow Instagram, which is great, so thank you. And I saw that yes. I was reading your uh, little excerpts about your, your book, your the, the brain and you sports, 
And uh, the first one to just ask you, Denley, what are the primary? I'm sure it sounds like you got kind of in the bunker right this book because of the myths surrounding the, the trauma in sports and, and the in the value of sports and how that's overlooked a lot of times and when it's just just one side, just oh, it's brain time is bad and it is bad. But I mean, sports are and brain time is bad. You get that brain time and sports, therefore sports are bad. And so yeah. you kind of uh, kind of it uh, was a uh, sort of important. You can dispel, thank you, there you go. Dispelled, dispelled those myths. So what are some of these important myths about you sports that you find are so important to, again, dispel? Because I'm not, I really have not. Yeah. yeah, you know, I. Um, it really was one of the big reasons I wrote the book. You know, there were um, a lot of articles being written about potentially um, delaying the start of tackling in football and uh, a lot of just bad arguments and, and myths that were being thrown around for why we shouldn't make any changes. And so, you know, one of the major myths when it comes to repetitive impacts in sports is that, well, kids are just small, you know, they're, they're small, they, they yeah. don't run that fast. So they, they don't hit that hard or that much. I mean, I was at a, a sixth grade football game and a, a dad told me that, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. Cause they're, they're small. They don't hit that hard or that much. Yeah. And it's just not true. And maybe they aren't actually hitting quite as hard, but it's all relative. Yeah. Yeah. It's all relative. And a child's head is larger compared to their body yeah. than an adult. And that plus you put a football helmet on, especially, um, or even, you know, hockey helmets too have weight to them. Yeah. And that creates kind of this bobblehead effect. And as a result, the brain feels the force essentially very similar to the high school and college counterparts, you know, the, the brain is moving in the skull and that the speed and the acceleration is very, very similar uh, to high school and, and college counterparts. And when you really look at the impacts per session, so per game or per practice, the number of impacts that they sustain are actually very similar too. Um, there are fewer generally over the season because you know a, a youth season tends to be shorter than uh, you know high school or college season, yeah. but the number of impacts per session are about the same, and they can still incur hundreds of impacts in just a short season. Right. So those uh, those are some of the uh, some of this. So how would you? If someone can do like, for example, that thought that you said the grade six football game can do and said you know then don't hit that hard because their kids don't worry about it. Um, what would you? How I know it's used because your book, the main the one thing you do in your book is get it down just go to explosive people who can without having a necessary scientific knowledge of this, just understand that this it is all relative. And this was so, how would you? What would you say to that person? Well, not what yeah, I would, would you say? Yeah, I would. I would say you know it doesn't look like it. I think it's a, a an argument that comes from you know, just the experience watching the game. And it doesn't look like those hits are that bad, but really the science just doesn't agree with that as far as the, what the brain feels essentially uh, that with the forces that are experienced by the brain. And, you know, those, those impacts matter. There's research that shows that there are changes in the brain of youth athletes and high school athletes over the course of a season, even in those who don't have a concussion. So just because they don't end up with symptoms doesn't mean that those repetitive impacts aren't affecting the brain and their children. So there's so much happening in the brain of an athlete, you know, 
uh, of a child that's, that's developing, you know, the laying down of myelin to help make signals travel faster, making so many different connections in the brain and then fine tuning those connections. And when we're hitting our head repeatedly, we could be disrupting that process. So, you know, even if they don't have symptoms right away, there are potential consequences of that. And there's no harm in, in, um, you know, just not, not hitting at that age, you know, like they can play sports and they should play sports, but if we can play versions that, um, you know, aren't, don't have inherent impacts, we're not going to prevent everything. You know, that's just the risk of sports, but you know, those impacts that are just naturally part of the game don't need to happen when they're young. Right. And that, that requires a whole lot of the different training and coaching for these athletes. And I was actually a, a friend, a good friend of mine, one of my, one of my better friends, there's a, I saw just on August, uh, his, uh, his daughter, or for one daughter, but I don't know if the second one will go into it, his plays a ring out, which is like hockey, but it's just not, it's not hockey, because, but, you know, it's a different sport than hockey, but it's very similar to hockey. It's, it's like a stick without a blade and then you have a ring and you should you, you use the ring. Uh, uh, okay. And uh, that was in Bamper, uh, he asked, yes, his wife said, well, is that, is that a, is that is that no is that contact there's no there's no contact when they get to certain age because he's not old enough now no matter what to play contact sports but um and so and so the times no it's not contact but you know like much like soccer it's not it's not it is contact but it's not supposed to be like because technically it is contact because you did do touch but like you're not supposed to collide like doing mm-hmm. hockey and in football but uh you do instantly and that's probably what causes some of the one of the bigger problems is why there's so many, but I mean, so I know like in, this is kind of wrapping up, um, I know in, in the States and the Canada is football and hockey kind of flip-flopped at the both sides, like States are football and Canada's more hockey, but it's both in both countries. Um, so, but what are the other sports you think are really like, honestly, rugby in like Australia? Yeah. I know it's not that a lot of followers in Melbourne for some reason which is great, yeah. but I don't know why. But uh, yeah, so uh, what would you say? Were there other, other sports that you think there need to be? You know, I know every sporting team would keep aware of it, mm-hmm. but are there some sports that you think should really keep their head up? You know, you know obviously, it's not part of fun, but... Uh, and, uh, yeah. That's it, guys. My phone is ringing. There we go. Okay. okay. I hope that yeah. didn't disturb anybody, but uh, my phone's yeah. going there. Yeah. No, I think it's an important question. And I think, you know, looking at the repetitive impacts is important because concussion risk is higher in certain sports, but they may not have as many repetitive impacts. Um, football and hockey, as you said, definitely rugby is, is definitely growing and growing, you know, it's growing all over North America. It's growing everywhere. So that's going to be a big one. And soccer isn't collision, but the head is a big part of the yeah. game. And it's not just the headers, but going for a header and hitting and each other yeah, or going for a header and falling. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's big. Um, also lacrosse is, is right. one it's in the men's side anyway, because checking is part of the uh, boys and men's lacrosse. Um, so those are, are sports of interest, but I think the other ones that haven't been studied enough would be, you know, Australian rules football is getting some attention now but wrestling even how cheerleading you, how you would even just like eliminate contact in us as you as you will so far yeah like that, that's that's all about contact 
Yeah. I did have someone tell me once though, that was from Australia that it's, it's changed a lot over the years and there's more, um, a little bit less physicality and a little more art to it, you know, okay. but I honestly don't know enough about it to say, you say know, more, I, but yeah. But even cheerleading is one that uh, is often overlooked. Yeah. But during competitive cheerleading and you're doing stunts and throws and all that, like, um, you know, I've had cheerleaders hit their head on somebody else's knee or they come down on a shoulder or they, they aren't caught correctly in, in the basket when, and, uh, you know, that's another way, or, you know, you're one of the people catching the, the flyer and you take a, a foot to the head or something, you know, um, it's one that I think gets overlooked and, and deserves some more study too. Yeah. I saw it. I had a USA cheer, the Lori and Jim, I believe it's Jim, Jim. On the podcast in episode 90, 94, 5, 4, 94. So then they talk about also had a, an athlete here who's now also an athletic trainer. She was a she was a gymnast and she coaches our university, local university cheerleading squad here. And uh, and again, concussion is a major very important they they uh, missed uh, no USA chair, for example, is just to teach aids. Which if you know if you know them very well, but uh, to 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 do it, give it not not give, but to show their concussion programs for their for their athletes and coaches. So that's important. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So uh, so you're and you you also did. Uh... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You, I know you said that, that you said that, you said that, uh, 
the brain bank in in Boston. And so was that was that was that all like CD you looked at there? Or you like it's just it's only in was only in the experience athletes or was it also in the in youth? Did you do it both or did you just do one side? Yeah. So, so I was more on the clinical research side. So while we went out to the brain bank, I didn't study the brains themselves. Um, post-mortem, I studied people who were living and I studied it more with neuro, with brain imaging. Right. Um, and so we, I studied former athletes primarily. Um, oh. so mostly, um, former NFL players, but in one of our other studies, we had former college, former high school players too. Uh, and, but I looked at the, the outcomes based on when they started playing in youth. So we asked our oh. former NFL players, um, they were all 40 to 60 years old. Um, we asked them when they started playing. And then, uh, for some of the studies, we divided them using age 12, because that was a, a good measure for, um, what we were looking at. Um, it's not right for everything in this type of research because some, some structures don't follow that trajectory. Um, when we looked at one structure we used, we didn't use a cutoff because it, it developed even to 14, 15 years old. So, um, it really does depend on what, what structures and, and functions you're looking at and how they develop. But, um, we found that those who started playing before age 12 were uh, significantly worse off than those who started playing at 12 or later on things like depre- uh, self-reported depression, both self-reported and um, objective measures of executive functioning. So things like planning, decision-making, behavioral control, um, multitasking, those kind of things. Um, and also, you know, they had more uh, apathy um, and we saw differences in the brain too. So differences in a structure uh, that connects the right and left sides of the brain, the corpus callosum, yeah. and saw that um, one of the measures suggests that maybe they didn't lay down that myelin or that kind of coating, that insulation on uh, their um, axons and neurons in the brain as much as those who uh, started playing later because you know they were hitting during the time when that was supposed yeah. to happen. Right. So um, several several studies there that we did that even though we were working with older individuals, we were kind of looking at the consequences of what they did with you in as youth, but later in life. And you mentioned the myelin, the myelin sheath, that I know that. So you mentioned that a bunch of times and also, so with that, I know that's a protective layer is around the axons, mm-hmm. but, and then tau, tau protein goes, is more into the brain, right? But that with the myelin sheath protection, is that at all, or is that, am I so- yeah, it's the same part. So that it's in the same part. It's a, a, the tau is a stabilizing protein and it's in the axon. It's just not it, the myelin surrounding the axon and the yeah. tau is within the axon okay. that's helping to kind of keep that. Uh, it's well, stabilizing the, the axon. So um, they're both kind of on that same area and both are affected potentially with that stretching um, and uh, kind of strain that happens with repetitive impacts and concussions. Right. Um, we didn't find that, you know, the evidence right now really suggests that the more years you play, the greater the risk of CTE. And that kind of goes with like, if you play younger, you probably play more years, um, you know, because most people will so, play yeah, so a year, a year is like measured by hours played or whatever, like yeah. impact yeah. kind of thing, or is that measured? So I'm not a measure by years. 
Yeah, and it, that's a great question. It's not perfect. It's just yeah. used kind of as a proxy for total impacts. Um, with I thought that if you just we just ask more how many years did you play or what year did what how old were you when you started and kind of look at age that way. Um, and it's with a thought that the more years you played, the more impacts, but it's not perfect. It's definitely not perfect. Um, but those who had more years, which would probably mean more impacts were at greater risk. Yeah. Um, and you probably played more and sustained more impacts if you start younger, but otherwise, other than that, just playing young in itself doesn't seem to increase the risk of CTE, but we did find, and is the CTE center did find that, um, in people who got CTE anyway, who went on to get, get that disease, their symptoms started about 13 years earlier if they started playing before age 12 and the younger they were when they started, uh, if you know, for every year younger they played or they were when they started playing their symptom onset was about two and a half years earlier. And so it seems that we may be diminishing, uh, our reserve. I compare it to driving a car and, um, you know, if you have two cars that are the same make and model and same, um, going the same speed down the same road, um, and one has a full tank of gas and one has three quarters of a tank, they can both go for a really long time, but one's going to run out of gas first. And if we're not filling our neuronal tank, like our brain's yeah. tank, then, you know, we we're going to run out of gas first. And that may be what's happening. If we're hitting our head a lot as a kid, we're not necessarily filling that tank. And if something like CTE or another degenerative disease, or even aging starts to interact with that, we may run out of that reserve faster. So does does aging and um, the in the weeds of this? But does aging really affect really affect the uh, the uh, the growth of the, the tau protein or the generation of the myelin at all? Does that does that just was age have a disproportionate disproportionate impact on that, or is it or is it mostly just the impacts and the stuff because of it? Yeah. So that's a great question. And the the tau itself, we shouldn't really be seeing much of that tau in the brain okay. when we're older, typically it shouldn't be there. Um, and, you know, we do have some degeneration that happens with aging, but we also, you know, if we, um, exercise our brain and exercise our body throughout life, we can help to increase that reserve too. So, um, you know, some people can see, be completely sharp for a very long time. Um, and that, that helps to exercise the brain. You know, there was another study that showed that um, symptoms started later in people who had jobs that really required a lot more critical thinking. Right. So, um, that's, you know, that's a positive side. Um, but yeah, I, aging definitely though, can lead to some degenerate, or, you know, some, some age-related degeneration yeah. in the brain. Um, not necessarily yeah. with the tau though. Um, it shouldn't, we shouldn't see a lot of that tau, even if in somebody who's quite a bit older. Okay, and I just mentioned you were mentioning the, the tank, which I've just seen a lot of people people that follow on on say you know in social media, um, with uh, the not necessarily tank, but they say like a glass full of water and they say you know you use this much, you pour out like some water because you know it's so much energy today. So it's like the same thing like per day. It's just the length just goes on for your life really. So and that's mm -hmm. when you show me yourself for but. When you went in football and then even hockey, and I've never played hockey, so I don't know. But when do you, when would you start hitting and or contacting in football and 
if you know the, the states, hockey in the U.S., when does that hitting start, you know? Yeah, so hockey, um, the U.S. and Canada, to my understanding, both um, have rules now that the earliest that checking would be intro- introduced would yeah. be age 13. And I know some some leagues are even older, and um, there's a push for some to be yeah. older. And that's been really effective in reducing concussion rates and yeah. impacts, and which is great. And it, hockey, at least in the United States, has uh, never been healthier as a sport. Like there, yeah. there are more kids playing than there have ever been, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, football, on the other hand, you can in some leagues you can start tackling at age five. Ooh. So it's so young. Yeah. Most the, leagues are aren't quite tackling that young, but there is opp- opportunity to tackle that young. Uh, but by seven, eight years old, most kids that are in it are are um, tackling but um those numbers are down you know yeah. we are seeing fewer and fewer people playing uh, young children playing tackle football and more and more children playing flag which is awesome yes, yes. Uh, but there's no rule on that i know there's a, lot of, there's a big push like you know, size one year tweets but by far i've seen that and i've seen and yeah. drew Brees also to the importance of this yeah. even like seven or five or five this is i think ridiculous but it's Seven or eight, does I mean that the kids that you know, no matter how well they go, they are seven, eight year old kids and they don't necessarily know when to hit or don't appreciate their, you know, they, they're kids, right? So they just want to play sports and like have fun with their friends and hit their friend, ha ha. And then all of a yeah. sudden, like, this is a dustman. This one's that when people are expecting you to hit, then it's quite different. They can brace for it and they can take appropriate actions. But when you're not expecting it, it's a different veteran model the other. So what? Yeah. What would you so so you 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 would all not I mean you you would be a proponent of no no checking hockey you know and no contact football like how would you what do you because you know you played you did play a sport when you were a kid I mean, or yeah. you just probably still do but I mean and mm-hmm. so I shall kind of back out on that question of talk more your the benefits of sports the importance of sports so what why. Why should kids play sports? I guess is yeah, yeah. Kids. So I I think every kid should have the opportunity to play sports, and I believe that we can be pro sports and pro brain at the same time. Yeah. And um, sports have so many benefits. There's physical benefits, you know, physical health, physical activity. Kids who are active as as kids and adolescents are far more active, far more likely to be active as adults. And you know, we have an mm-hmm. obesity em- epidemic and Team around sports. the world so team sports are yeah yeah and team sports are are particularly great um with mental health benefits yeah and social benefits um you know having that team to rely on uh, it can be really important for kids and provide yeah. so many emotional social mental health benefits and also the life skills that we learn in sports you know teamwork um having you know to go through something hard and, and and, um, you know, get back up from that, learning how to win, you know, with grace and, and lose with humility. And, yeah. um, you know, all of that is so, so important just for life skills, uh, yeah. determination, perseverance, grit. You know, these are all great things that we can yeah. learn in sports and that, you know, we don't want to be getting rid of any sports. I'm definitely not for that uh, because they're, you know different people have different loves of, of different sports and we want to keep every opportunity we can, but we can do that without hitting our heads repeatedly, especially yes, exactly. as kids. Exactly. Yeah. So actually 
Well, that's my last question. I have a two-parter, first of all, which is kind of big two-parter, which is what sports did you play as you said, and I read your said you have three, three sport athletes. So what were your mm-hmm. sports? And also, uh, how would you see, what would you see change in sports to allow, especially contact sports to allow them to uh, to continue to be enjoyed by youth? And uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, I played volleyball, basketball, and softball. And, um, and I played a little bit of soccer when I was much younger too, uh, but primarily volleyball, basketball, softball, and, um, I still play volleyball and basketball, uh, now. Um, and you know, I always get kind of insulted, honestly, when people say like, oh, but kids have to hit to be tough. Well, I didn't hit my head repeatedly in any of my sports and I consider myself pretty tough. You know, I, I, I just think that's, it's just not true that you have to hit to learn that. Um, and I think for the future, I would like to see in a perfect world, um, you know, no tackling before high school, or at least that age 13 cutoff that's also used in hockey. Um, I just don't think we need to, you know, we can teach so much about the game, um, in football and we can teach so much about, um, you know, athleticism and, you know, what, what the rules are of the game. We can create great athletes overall. Uh, and get stronger athletes too, before they start hitting each other, you know, so they're ready. They're more physically ready to take that that impact when they start, you know, right now, a big problem in football tends to be that some kids go through puberty early, some go through late, you can have some massive size discrepancies there. (laughs) Um, And um, that can cause problems. About this uh, Andy, the Eagles coach the Wallyo, uh his name now. Jimmy, uh, pump ass kick competition with that. And it was it was like Fierzo, he was coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Andy okay. big guy, Andy Reed? Yeah, Andy Reed. Yeah, I've seen that. The kid was his he was a kid playing pump ass and kick. And he was like man size, and they were all in the yeah. kids all like you know, eight years old, like he was, in the, he was the same age. And yeah, so. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. We can be so different and that can be really dangerous on the field too. In some leagues, you know, account for, you know, weight, weight limits and things like that. But um, why not just let them get a little bit stronger and become great athletes first and, and then they can start tackling. And, you know, I don't think it will I actually think it would help save the game too, because yeah. you know, look at hockey, hockey's been doing great since they delayed the onset of checking. And football could really in- increase its uh, number of participants if flag or another version became, you know, the the way that we played when we're young. There's a, a new um, version called tackle bar where there's bars on the back uh, of the yeah. players and they can reach around um, like they're wrapping up for a tackle, except instead of tackling, they rip the bars off of the back. You know, we can have some kind of graded um different ways to play the game that would just ease them into the tackle form too. And, you know, we can start teaching certain skills when they're young and on tackling dummies, you know, once they're, they're getting close to that age cutoff without tackling each other. I think there are ways to do it where the sport could thrive, but we can also protect that developing brain. Right. That's very important because I mean, you know, the sporting science sports is, you learn so much from just from playing I think yeah. the sports or team sports learn, but I love team sports and the, mm-hmm. but that too. and uh, so uh, but besides uh, 
and the points you hopefully help with the points you made today and, and your book are, are very similar. So, but uh, before before we go, uh, please just hawk your book, really, your you, the branding on youth sports. So, why should people, what you have to listen to the podcast here if you know what, what, what they, why it's important to read it, but uh, what are some of the important points you may, you may think you make in the book? Yeah, so it starts out uh, with an intro that does include all of the, the science behind the benefits of sports and also the culture of sports, which is the big thing we need to change. And then I talk about uh, the science in general. So talking about both you know concussions and subconcussive impacts, what is actually happening in brain development? So why should we care? I talk about CTE as well. And then I think a, a really important part is that you know, the myths that, and misconceptions yeah. that a lot of, uh, and bad arguments that a lot of people have, have said and maybe heard. You touched uh, on a few, Gabby, are there any others that you think are, are apparently very common, common myths and arguments? Yeah, you know, I, I hear a lot of like, well, we shouldn't be talking about football because soccer is bad too, or yeah. you know, things like that. And, and you know, that two things can be bad at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. also... Yeah. Also that, um, you know, you have to hit young to become a superstar because if you don't hit young, how are you going to learn and how are you going to end up playing in college? And, and that's also just not true. And I, I address a lot of those myths like that, hopefully with some ways that parents um, and coaches and others involved can counter these, are these arguments, you know, you have that in your back pocket now to counter that if, if it's something that you hear. And also then I give some, some tips for how we can improve that safety, both you know, with just youth sports in general and in your own community, what you can do as well uh, to help improve youth sports. Right. Well, thank you so much. And this is a, um, it's, a, it's a great book and a great idea and a great theme. And uh, also, I have been didn't ask this earlier, but uh, you're assistant, assistant clinical professor at, at Wisconsin. So what what do you teach? What would you be teaching? Not say tomorrow, because, but this term, I'll say yeah, so I, I teach uh, anatomy, uh, both lecture and lab. Uh, we coordinate lab because we have uh, quite a few students. Um, yeah, what are you doing in the lab these days? What was that? What are you doing in the lab these days? Oh, we're doing the brain, actually. Oh, yeah. This unit, we're looking at the brain, which is very exciting for me. Um, it's one of my, obviously, not surprisingly, my one of my favorite things to teach about. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're looking at the brain and um, and head and neck in general, but um, yeah, it's the cranial nerves and all that stuff. Yeah, yep, cranial nerves, um, all of it. Yeah, we look at cross sections, radiology, so that they can see see the anatomy like they will in the clinic too. So it's great. I'm not saying I'm tomorrow. This is a totally side here, but tomorrow I'm doing my I I'm a standardized patient at the med school here. And that's, oh, okay. so I augment tomorrow. It's about neurology because I have my brain trees, my what you know, obviously what they talk about, ask you about and stuff. So and try to and they'll do the old clear nerves like glass. Look at vision, say which nerves, why is this? He looks up here or looks down here or looks sideways. What does he? Why is it? Why is he looking at this? Where can what's what? But what nerve muscle are you looking at? So that so it's yeah. So it's really interesting. That's very yeah. cool. It's awesome that you do that. No, thank you. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really great. It's a good, good program. It's a great program. It's, yeah. It's kind of it's fun to learn, but still learn how I've learned it in my university a bit. But also, now I've been doing this for a year now, so I learn again and I learn like 
all about the cranial nerves and stuff and not all about them, but you know, just brief two hours I'm with the students and the and the tutor, teacher, prop, whatever, doctor. So yeah. So anyway, but um so so where people find so that go go way back now. I'm done running there too much, but uh, the youth the brain and youth sports, if you want to say the youth brain and sports, but the brain and youth sports by Dr. Julie Stan. And where can they find that? You can find that um, on Amazon or other uh, online retailers, Barnes and Noble too. Uh, and if you go to my website, juliestam.com, um, I have links there where you can purchase. Uh, also, you can follow me on, on socials and have links there too. Um, it's at juliestamphd. And uh, that's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, great. Well, thanks so much. And I already, already, I do follow you. So I don't need <laughs> to listen to that part, but uh, yes. So, uh, but I recommend everyone to go buy the book and learn about this and very interesting topic and important topic. So thank you so much, Dr. Stan. Dr. Thank Julie. you so much for having me. Yes. Thanks. Music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound, www.bensound.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.